All right, so Canva is just like an easy graphic design platform. So in the past, people um, would use uh, would use things like Photoshop, and you know, design would be super. You know, it's specifically for designers, or you have to be very well reversed in design to be actually able to design. But Canva, it's just canva.com, is a new platform where it just makes everything super simple. It has templates, it has everything that you would need to create your own designs for whatever it might be. So, even me, um, so as an introduction, my name is Nabia. I've been a designer for 10 years. I started off as a graphic designer and now I'm a web designer and a certified UX designer. And so even through that, I do my, I have my Adobe Photoshop and Illustrator and whatnot, but Canva is also a very big staple for me as well, even as a designer, you know, for the past 10 or so years. Um, and so the purpose of this uh, presentation is to kind of as a UX designer, uh, which is something that was not really around 10, 15 years ago, the purpose of UX design is user experience, which means you kind of look into how people interact with websites and apps and create better versions of it. So you have a website, then you have people come in, mess around on the website, you see how they act with it, you see how they interact and the processes they go through. And based off of that, you create better versions of it. You kind of make it perform better. Um, and so the thing about teaching is that, and you see it maybe in more Islamic schools, is that people have been doing the same things for 10, 20 years. There hasn't really been innovation. So I wanted to bring the same principles of UX design into the classroom as well as educators, where I want you to kind of leave today kind of thinking, how can I um, do this better? How can I recreate some of my, my material um, and help it perform better for your students and help them engage better? Um, so hopefully that makes sense with UX design and you know my background. I've been doing it for 10, 10 so years. Um, I've helped lots of businesses uh, online with their marketing and their websites and their digital performance. So um, I can just bring the same principles into the classroom. Um, <clears throat> So as we mentioned before, what we'll be covering is the why. Why should we be implementing design into the classroom? Um, how to create a classroom brand and creating an experience for your students. And you'll be leaving with some ideas of what you can do in your classroom as well through Canva templates so that it's super simple. So you don't have to be reinventing any wheels here. You'll be using templates, but you'll just leave with some more ideas on how to do so. So the first is the why. Why is design so important? So 65% of individuals, like 65% of not even children, just the population in general are visual learners, where they need visuals to be able to process information and to retain it better. And <clears throat> the brain processes visual information 60,000 times faster than textual information. 90% uh, of the information that comes to the brain is visual. And the biggest, especially for educators, visual aids in the classroom improves learning by up to 400%. So to go from just worksheets and just text to using learning aids and visual aids in the classroom has you know, profound effects on your students. So now with that in mind, I just want some like self-inflection. So 
like how you, when you look at your class and when you look at your learning material, you look at how your students are interacting with your learning material. You just have to think about constantly, not just once, like in the beginning of the year, but throughout the year, weekly, monthly, whatever it might be. How might your classroom be redesigned to better meet the needs of your students? Are the students not focusing on your learning material because they're not engaged with what you're giving them? Um, and are you providing your students with the learning experience that's up to date? Because like I said, you know, technology evolves, all these things evolve, but sometimes teaching methods and the style of teaching and how you present information to children, it kind of gets stuck. So I just want you to think, is there a time where you gave your students maybe a really well-designed handout or a poster or a textbook that just was very interactive. Did you see a difference in how your students interacted with that, engaged with that, um, or are they very interactive with you about that? Do you guys have any examples of that in your classroom? And you guys can unmute yourself and you know chime in if you want to. Um, so in my case, um, I teach Islamic studies to elementary mm -hmm. classes, and I think more than the textbooks, I think I end up recreating everything very visually, and I think that leaves a lot, that's more, um, I think I get a lot more feedback and a lot more response from those rather than just sticking to a textbook. I, I usually refer to the textbook as a resource because now it seems like even the textbooks are not visual enough for the kids. There, there's so much inter interaction and especially with the video games and everything else, um, everything needs to be in motion with, with sound effect and everything else. So yeah. I think me creating slides and um, presentations or asking them to uh, create presentations is a lot more effective in the classroom yeah that's great and especially for things like islamic studies because like we said things have been changing but sometimes things like that they don't get enough attention so for you to do that and get that kind of reaction from your students is great um, and then hopefully with canva you can do even more so uh, <clears throat> but these are questions like i said that we should be asking um, continually throughout, you see how you you do one thing, you maybe give one presentation or, you know, you turn something into a different kind of worksheet, and then you see how kids interact with that. And so it kind of gives you a baseline, well, okay, maybe I can improve on this, maybe I shouldn't do this again. Um, it's these are great questions to keep asking yourself continually. All right. And so the first way to kind of incorporate design into your classroom is to create a classroom brand. Um, so we'll start with what is a brand? So a brand, like the actual definition is something, you know, a product, a company, an individual, in this case, your classroom, um, it's how it's perceived by those who experience it. So it's not just a name, it's not just a logo, but it's this, you know, a very certain emotion, a feeling, a recognizable feeling that these things kind of bring up the evoke. So for example, oh, I don't know what happened there. That was an Apple logo. Um, so when you see like an Apple logo, when you think of Apple, what, what comes to mind? Um, what's the first thing that comes to mind, uh, when you see an Apple logo? Again, anybody want to chime in? What do you think of? I would say technology, like certain type of certain caliber of products, leak design. Yeah. 
And I think Apple, because of its products and the way it's presented itself, you think of, you know, very professional, up to date, you think of technology, it's very sleek, it's modern, um, simplistic. Um, all these things are words that come to mind. So when you think of Apple, it's not just necessarily your phone, it's not necessarily your Apple Watch, your laptop, but there's different things that evoke it, in, you know, simplicity, you know, ease, uh, everything is very sleek, um, all these things. So when you see a brand, all these different things come to mind. It's not just one one base. Same thing with Amazon. You know, again, anybody want to chime in? What do you think of when you see Amazon? So for myself, when I see Amazon, I think of two-day shipping. I think of ease. I think of, um, you know, it's a, a lifesaver. I think that I can order something, it'll be in in two days. I think of easy returns. And so Amazon's mission and value has always been to be a very um, you know, customer-centric company. That's its mission and vision. And it, it does that through its interactions, through its products, through its platform. That's what it does. So again, when you think of Amazon, you don't just think of a website. You think of all these things. You think of how easy it is and how if I need something in a pinch, I can just order it and it'll be there. And so that's it, it keeps evolving itself to make itself more aligned to its vision, which is again to be customer centric. So it's the same, it's the same um concept in the classroom. So the components of a brand, it's a mix between your mission and vision and your visual identity. It's not just one or the other. So Amazon is more than just a logo, it's its platform, it's how it interacts with its customers. It's the same thing in your classroom. It's gonna be what your mission and vision is in the classroom, plus how you present it. So, and then together those things create a brand and then they're gonna bring up an emotion with your students. So when your students come into your classroom, how do they feel? When they're outside of your classroom and they think about your classroom, if they're at home or wherever they might be, what comes to mind? What do they think of? Are they happy? Are they like, I don't wanna go back there. Um, what is it that they bring? Do they have a sense of peace? Do they have a sense of energy? What is it? All those things are presented um, through not only your interactions, but you know your mission aligns with your interactions and how you present it. Um, and so I think a lot of you know what your mission and vision is, if not your own mission and vision, then your school's mission. Um, but have you guys thought about what that would look like visually? Um, does anybody wanna share what, like for example, what their mission or vision would be in their own classroom? Um, it will be more in terms of, for me, um, um, implementing Islam in day-to-day -day life, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so then the next question would be, how would you show that visually? What is something that, like, if you were to think about it, how would you portray that um, through visuals? Um, which, again, you can, you can share, or that can be a more rhetorical question for you to think about, you know, think about it over some time. But um, there are some ideas for that of how to kind of go about doing that. So your environment inf influences learning in countless ways, which is a given, with, especially with young children. And then you can take this to your advantage by consciously designing your classroom so that it facilitates learning as much as possible. So, you know, there's a stark difference between a child coming into an empty room to learn, whereas a, whereas a you know, a very energetic, lively, you know, 
visual-based room. It makes a very big difference in their learning and how they interact and how they engage. And so a few, a few ideas for the classroom is to maybe create a classroom logo or a slogan or a motto. And this is a great place to kind of bring your students in. So it's not something that necessarily you would start before, you know, over the summer you thought about it and then you bring it into your students. It's a great way to have your students interact. And then you're able to bring your mission and vision. Like you want students to, like you said, you know, bring Islam into their daily life. You can have conversations about that. And then you can together create a slogan or a motto, which then you use throughout the year. Um, and then you can, you know, you maybe you end the day off with that, you know, you say your slogan or motto, you start your day off with that, or you end your day off with that. And then if you want to bring two parents into it, maybe when you send out, you know, uh, emails or newsletters, add that to your signature. So, you know, you sign it off so that, you know, it's very, it's all well-rounded. You know it, the students know it, the parents know it, everybody knows why you're in school, um, you're kind of working towards the same thing. Um, you can use a specific color scheme to sustain attention. So we're going to go into color psychology in a minute and how different colors affect students differently. But um, just be cognizant of which colors you use. Um, I have a friend who's a kindergarten teacher, and she made her classroom beach themed. And she used specifically very warm and like very toned down blues, corals, stuff like that. So it was a very peaceful environment, sort of. Um, she incorporated that into her room. So just know that the colors you use are going to have specific effects on your children um, and they can be used to your advantage. And then design posters that reflect class values and objectives. So the same thing, um, the same way that you work together with your students to kind of create, create a slogan or a motto for your room, you could also work together to kind of uh, bring together like, even if it's not um, a certain class lesson or whatever, or a certain chapter, just generally, you know, what are some things that we want to work on in the classroom? What are some goals that we have in the classroom? How do we interact with one another? How do we become better, more responsible human beings? Um, things like that, those kinds of values and objectives, you can work together with your students and maybe create some visuals for the classroom together. And the reason I keep saying together is because when you create the environment for your students with your students, it's more different than you creating it for them. You create it for them, it looks nice, but you, if you involve them in the process of creating their classroom, it's a whole, it's a whole different scenario. So by involving your students, these are all just the pros of having them involved with you. So it helps in, enhance the environment. So sometimes we create things for other people that we think looks good in our head, but for them, they're like, eh, I don't think so. It's the same thing with students. So we're grownups. And we think we know our students and we, as teachers, you probably know your students best, but sometimes there are little things that maybe um, you don't have in mind. So even for sometimes with boards, sometimes boards are too high for students. So maybe a student will mention, you know, let's lower that a bit or whatever it might be. But when you, when you do things with your students, they'll be able to tell you their concerns or tell you what's not working for them. So you'll be able to better meet their needs by involving them. Working together with them also builds that feeling of classroom community, um, and it gives them that sense of empowerment. So when they're involved, they feel like they have a say, as opposed to you creating the classroom at the beginning of the year, and you know they're just kind of beings in the classroom. You're giving them, they learn how to work together, 
they learn how to be leaders um, and they learn how to, you know, they support each other, they empathize, they learn how to negotiate and listen to each other. It's a whole like team building experience. Um, you know how they have team building for grownups at, at, for adults like in businesses, it would be the same kind of idea. Um, you know, they're just, they're accommodating each other and they're listening to each other and they're all working towards the same goal. Um, because they're all in the same class. And so I think this is this is great ways to incorporate children. And it it could be, you know, per semester, it could be per quarter, where you know, maybe one day, like half a day of the year, or the whatever it might be, a month, a quarter, a semester, you know, this is what you guys do. This is how you guys learn, you teach the children, you know, real life skills, how to work with each other. <clears throat> all right. Um, any questions so far? And if you have any questions, you guys can chime in at any time. All right, so now we go into color psychology. So we talked about colors. Now, what difference does it make which colors you use? So colors, obviously, they're connected to different moods and impressions and how you perceive different things. Colors represent things. Um, so whereas bright colors, they're very energetic, you associate that with children, right? Bright blues, yellows, greens, all those colors, you associate that with children, things you see that you go down the toy aisle, you see bright colors because it creates energy. It's a sense of playfulness and, you know, it, it makes children more happy. Whereas, you know, as you get older, you might go towards more muted colors, more black and whites, more pastels, um, you know, just tone down colors and they're, they're more calm. And so you can kind of use colors for different things, um, to kind of either bring the energy or lower the energy, depending on where you need it. All right, so this is very long. You guys will get this PowerPoint afterwards. Um, once the recording is recorded and uploaded, you will get the recording and this PowerPoint. So you'll always have this to kind of refer back to. Um, so blue is, you know, you think of, what do you think of when you think of blue? I think of water. I'm not sure what you guys think of, but blue is a very calm, serene color. Um, yellow is, it's, it's high energy, but it also is connected with concentration and stimulating the memory. So a lot of times when people want you to remember something, um, they use yellow. Uh, red, red is, you know, a stop sign, like it's very in your face color, um, you know, and it's very good for grabbing the attention of anybody very quickly. Uh, green is also good for improving concentration and increasing reading comprehension skills. And if you think of green, you also think of nature or healthy stuff or, you know, plant life, things like that. So it's a very, um, you know, nature centric color as well. And then pink evokes empathy and happiness. And it's also a very calming color as well. So as you go on creating whatever it might be for your classroom, you can keep these colors in mind. So I also created a little poster for you guys. So that way you can kind of have this, um, you know, just simplify the wording so that we can always refer back to it if you need it in a pinch. But I wanted to show you guys this. So these are two posters that are supposed to serve the same purpose in a classroom. It has the classroom rules, but they use very different colors. How do you think they differentiate? If a student was to look at both, um, which one do you think they'd be drawn to more and why? The right one for sure. Yeah. And the reason for that is? 
lot more visual and very to the point instructions. Yeah. Yeah. So a mix of that and the colors as well. So like all of it combined because it uses the blue and the reds and the yellows. So very, mm -hmm. very attention grabbing colors. And like you said, the visuals, the way it's been structured, um, everything is kind of broken off um, and individual. It's definitely going to grab the attention of your students way more. Whereas the one on the left, um, they're very muted colors. Students might not, it might even get lost on the wall, depending on what color your wall is. <laughs> they, they might not even see it. So depending on what it is, so for example, class rules or you know something very important, you're going to want to have those bright colors. Um, even if the whole thing is not bright, at least some accent colors. So that way the students know where to look. Because again, a principle in design is that sometimes people, you would assume people would know where to look. They don't always do. Um, and you kind of have to guide their eyes. So in this in this sense with students, use color to kind of guide them. Where should they be looking? What's more important? Whatever's more important, have it bigger, have it more colorful, and you'll be able to guide their eyes. Um, so don't always think that the students know where to look, that they always know what to do. They need some guidance in terms of that. And you know, design is the best way to do that. All right. So now we're going to get into what's the best way to kind of incorporate design into your classroom, some ideas. So like I keep saying, I just want you to leave this class with ideas. Um, it's, it might not be anything concrete, but you want to get the gears going of how can I incorporate this into my classroom? What's not working in my classroom? What idea can I kind of start tweaking to work for my students? So learning is about creating an experience because that's how it becomes memorable. If it's not necessarily an experience or something that resonates, sometimes it's not always gonna stick with these kids. So we wanna make learning meaningful uh, through visuals, through, through design and through helping things stick. Um, so the first idea, something that uh, as a UX designer that we do when we have people go through websites or go through apps to see how they interact with stuff is we give them surveys. And that way they can say, well, I like this. I didn't really like this. You could do the same thing in your classroom. Sometimes you can go a whole year without ever hearing from your students about what did they like about the class? What did they not like about the class? Um, and so we kind of want to fix that because we kind of want to be able to hear the students' reactions and you know, their input. So uh, surveys are a great way to do that. So again, you know your students, you know your classroom, you can judge what form of survey should you give to your students? Um, when should you give it to your students? But you definitely want to get their input on your, you know, whatever it might be, your teaching style, the classroom, the learning material. Uh, if they don't enjoy the class, why do they not enjoy the class? If they do enjoy some aspects of the class, what is it and why? You want to get their, their feedback. So Canva has a lot of templates for surveys. So again, you're going to get this presentation, these, um, the images on the right are clickable. So when you get it in your inbox, you can click on them and you can kind of change them as you need. Um, so the first thing is surveys. The second thing, and I think this has started, uh, you know, a lot of schools, uh, a lot of classrooms have started implementing uh, newsletters. Um, but newsletters can be tricky because uh, you know, in public schools, they use different platforms and it can be super confusing. You know, how do I get it to the parents? You know, how do I use this platform, this and that. So on Canva, they have templates. So you just click on the template. Um, I'll, I'll take you to an example. Can you still see my screen? 
So you can use these templates. So for example, if I chose this one, um, and if, for those of you who have never seen Canva, I think this will be a good representation of what Canva looks like. You can then just change the text as you need, whatever it might be, change the dates, change the images, change the colors. And then instead of having to worry about, you know, how do I send this to uh, my teacher, my, my parents, um, because it's, you know, it's not a complicated platform, you could either download it as a PDF and attach it, or there's options of um, sharing the link, or you could even create it into a website where they just take it to a link and there's a web page that's just your newsletter. And you can just simply copy and paste it into your email to your parents. So Canva just simplifies it. So as opposed to having to go through two, three different platforms and you know, as a teacher, you're already juggling so much, um, it really simplifies the process. And again, you can do whatever you want with it. You're not restricted to what another platform is making you do. You can add whatever is important for that week. You can add extra images if you need, um, you know, whatever reminders it might be. <clears throat> you can custom customize it to what you feel your parents need to know. So back to this. So we have newsletters and then posters. So I would suggest that maybe at the end of each lesson, at the end of each chapter, at the end of each quarter, whatever it might be, sometimes there's so much information that kids forget what's important, what's not. Um, or even before a test, sometimes, you know, you remember cramming for a test and then you're not sure what's super important, what's not super important. What do I need to know? What's going to be on the test? What's not going to be on the test? I think infographics and posters make it super, super easy for kids to be like, yes, this is what I need to know. And it helps it stick. Um, they're able to visually remember um, what it is. And so creating posters of just the super important concepts that they need to know and simplifying it, adding visuals, as you can see in these posters, um, helps so much with helping students retain what they need to know. Um, and so again, before things were just black and white, you were stuck with what you could find at those teacher stores. Like 10 years ago, they had those teacher stores. You can only have posters with what's in there and you're kind of, you're just stuck with it. You can't really do much. Now you can, because now you can make posters for what you want them to know. And Canva even has options of helping you print it. So I'm not sure if it's a free feature, or if you have to pay for it. Um, you obviously have to pay for the printing, but there's an option that you create the poster and then on the right, you just click print and it'll, it'll take you through a process of getting it printed and delivered to you. So you'll have your own custom assets for your classroom, for your students, based off of what you think that they need to know. Um, and again, there's, there's countless of different templates for infographics and posters, and you can customize it to how you feel like you need it for your class. All right, and social media account. This is a bit more for older students, or it could be geared towards the parents of students. So for social media accounts, students, especially if you have middle school, high school students, chances are most of them are already on social media. This is a good way to not only help remind them of whatever important dates, a test is coming up, turn in your paper, you know, we won't have school on this day, whatever it might be. It's a good way to remind them of that because you have a classroom social media account now. It could be on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, whatever it might be. Um, but also, a good idea for this for, for 
maybe more for high school students, um, is to help them manage the school, like the school uh, social media account. So it's a mix of, um, you know, you're helping them remind them of things, but you're also teaching them responsibility online. What should you be posting? What should you not be posting? What's worth posting? Um, it, it kind of helps them to build a sense of digital responsibility, like how should they be behaving online? And um, it's also a good way of engaging because sometimes as students get older, they feel a disconnect, like between the teachers, the classroom and themselves, because, uh, you know, they're going through their teen years, nobody understands them, but you kind of bring in something that they're already familiar with, like social media, and it's another way of engaging with them. It's another way of piquing their interest. Um, so having them involved in that is, you know, again, it's something worth looking into. Sometimes it might not work for every student, it might not work for every classroom, but it's something that's worth, you know, might be worth looking into. Um, and, Again, even if it's not for your students, it could be for your uh, parents. Sometimes parents are on social media. Um, as a parent, I get uh, countless emails. I have three kids in school. And so to get the number of emails I do, um, sometimes it gets lost in my inbox and sometimes I don't see. So even if you want to share it with parents, um, you know, because parents, sometimes they check Facebook, sometimes they check Instagram and it's easier to see like, okay, you don't have school tomorrow. Okay, send your backpack or send something in their backpack tomorrow, whatever it might be. Sometimes it's an easier way to kind of uh, reach parents as well. So something worth looking into. Um, and the last one is worksheets and exercises. So again, before you were kind of stuck with what was online, what's a free printable online? What can you find at the teacher store? Uh, you have to go into different stores and find workbooks and kind of rip this page out of that one and rip that page out of that one. Now, there are, again, different templates on uh, Canva. Um, and you can, for whatever it might be, math, addition, handwriting, um, matching, um, this is great for younger students. Um, <clears throat> even for older students, you know, uh, when it comes to like science projects or whatever it might be, you can customize it to what you need. You have uh, a certain vocabulary list for this week. You can take a template, swap in the words that you have for vocabulary this week. And then you can print it out um, or you know, send it to parents to print it out if it's supplementary or whatever it might be. You can customize things to how you need them to be. 